All right, we are in uh, Revelation chapter 16. Revelation 16. We're not going to get through this all today, I can guarantee you that. So, um, it says, uh, uh, we're going to read um, up through verse 11. I don't even know if we're going to get through that. We're just going to go. Uh, it says, uh, verse 1, I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out uh, the... Uh, your various versions will either say bowls or vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. So the first went and poured out his upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea. It became blood like a dead man, and every living creature in the sea died. The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs and the waters, and they became blood. I heard the angel of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and was and is to be, because you have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the power was uh, given to him to scorch men, with, uh, great, with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has the power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and the kingdom became full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and did not repent of their deeds. All right. So we want to talk about these whatever these containers are. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to call them the seven vials. The reason why is um, because of the word in Greek is phial, a vial. When you think of a bowl, what do you think of? Okay. Insurance. <laughs> All right. No, that, that's exactly right. That's what you think of. You think of something you eat from. Um, I'm not sure if my batteries are going in and out. I got a green light, but I'm I'm coming in and out in my ears, so I don't know if that's me or a a, a mic thing or a, a amp thing. Anyway, <clears throat> so this is the word, and these these are actual first century vials, right? Um, these are things that they would mix, that, uh, like a pharmacist would mix and measure in. So you want to try? Yeah, we can try. If that doesn't work, if that doesn't work, then then it's something else, I guess. <laughs> um, so, um, what did these plagues make you think of? Do they draw your attention to anything? Uh, doesn't it sound like the plagues of Egypt? Now, it's not the plagues of Egypt, and how do we know that? <laughs> okay, we're in a completely different time. Right, and and our our mind is definitely drawn there, right? But there's um, there's clearly things that are mentioned that are not in Exodus, right? And there's things in Exodus that aren't mentioned here. Um, some some distinctions uh, would be that uh, here in Revelation we have two separate types of water that turn to blood, uh, whereas only um, one. Uh, in in Exodus, um, Revelation doesn't 
mention lice or flies or locusts or death of livestock, but we do have frogs and we have some hail if, we're gonna, if we read to, to the end of the chapter. Um, we don't have any scorching of sun in Exodus um, or earthquakes. So, um, but what do we think of when we think of plagues? Or the plagues of Exodus. What what are some of the some of the the ideas behind them? Um, so they were showing that God had power. Okay. And that it was a punishment to the nation. Okay, those are the two things. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely there's definitely that that contrast of of God using the 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 gods of, of Egypt. And I don't know if that's present here. I suppose we could go into that and look and see if that, that kind of idea was here. That is an interesting idea as well, and it's true there. But we want to look at the, the two purposes here. One is to punish a tyrannical power, just like in Egypt. Uh, and the other is to prove the authority of God to the faithful. Um, and that was one of the main things that God wanted to do, uh, was to let them leave Egypt um, because it's interesting, there were, there were ten plagues, there's seven here in, in, in Revelation, but there were ten plagues in Egypt, and, and, and God suffered them ten times uh, to rebel, almost like, okay, I showed you ten signs, you rebelled ten times, now that's it. <laughs> um, and it's kind of this, this parallel. So, so we're going to look at definitely the, this, this similarity um, as he is um, going to be punishing uh, for for something done, and that's what these are. These are bowls of wrath. These are these are punishments. God said, "I've, I've had enough." Um, sometimes we we wonder, God, these people need punished. I'm sorry. You just you know I don't want to I don't want to hate on people, but it's time. It's time for justice, and we we want justice. And sometimes God says, um, "I'll do the justice part in my own time." You know, actually, He always says that. Um, but there comes a point in time where he says, I've had enough, and now it is time, and I'm going to pour out. When, when God pours out, he knows how to pour. Right? Uh, so he's going to pour out some vials uh, of judgment. So we look at our first vial of, of wrath, and it is, uh, you're going to notice a lot of blood in this um, he talks about the source. Um, who is it on? Okay. The worshippers of the beast. Now, up until this point in time, mostly we've dealt with his punishment on the entity itself. Right? And we've, we've it bears repeating that God draws a distinction between this entity, the, the structure of, of this religion, this persecuting power, and the people that are a part of it, right? We, we, we mentioned that. When we, when we talk about a, a false religion, we try to draw a distinction and, and not accuse the people themselves. Okay? However, there comes a point where God says... Um, if you're in this, I've given you ample warning, <laughs> right? 
And we do that with our kids. I've given you some warnings. We, we try to keep them from being punished. Try to give them warnings. But enough is enough. I've told you, and now I'm going to have to follow through. Uh, so, so that is what we're talking about. So he shifts here and says, those who are still in it, I've given you ample warning uh, to, to get away from this. So this is poured out on the, the worshippers of the beast. So we're picking up then where we left off, aren't we? We're, we're kind of at that same period of time where we, we talked about the fall of these powers. Um, and so we're going to, to look at that. Well, if, if I was looking at members of this thing suffering, what event might I be looking at in history? We've already talked about it. Not just the, the high ups, but now the masses of people are, uh, are, are suffering. It could be mainly Catholic victims. And I believe, um, as we looked at, most of these that die are innocent. Okay, this thing is enough. You can hear me fine. I'll talk louder. And I think we're looking at the, um, the reign of terror in the French Revolution. The massive amounts, the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who, who are guillotined. Most of them innocent. Most of them weren't involved in any these great heinous crimes of, of the papacy. right? But God has, through generations given warnings that you need to not be a part of this thing because when it comes down, you're going to be collateral damage. People aren't going to distinguish between you and what they hate. That's always true. When, when, when people rebel against something, they rebel against the whole thing. Right? They don't pick and choose what to, to keep and what to... You know, that was a good idea, you know. In the 60s, we had a, it wasn't necessarily violent, but we had a, a revolution against people's parents. Well, they threw out everything, right? I mean, every, every idea that their parents stood for went out the window simply because there were some certain things that they didn't like, but people in revolutions don't distinguish. It was, it, it's complete, kick them all out, right? That's like every political campaign, kick them all, throw them all out. No, don't keep the good ones. Just kick them all out. Let's start over. So why vengeance? Why vengeance on this group? Well, this is the area we, we went through, and this is largely in France where this takes place, but... Uh, across a broader spectrum, but, but primarily there. This is where, and we talked about how this is the area where almost all of your persecutions during this era started, where, where groups of people organized other persecuting powers. Uh, the, the Huguenots were a large uh, 
just one of many groups which were persecuted. They were French Protestants. Um, I don't know about their doctrines or whatever. Um, this is not to say that they were you know, doctrinally absolutely correct. This is about persecution. And this is about revenge for persecution. Uh, the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre started in Paris. It was uh, organized by the, the queen. She was actually Italian, but she was married to the French king, Catherine de' Medici. Um, and in 1572, in one day, they slaughtered over 3,000 French Huguenots. Um, it spread out of Paris, um, and within two weeks, there were over 30,000 people in France that were murdered. It wasn't just soldiers that did this. The whole populace got in on it. It was just kind of a thing. Hey, hey they're doing it. Let's, let's get in on it. Let's get rid of these Protestants. Uh, so, uh, whether this is the specific event or, or just one of many events that took place, this is the kind of thing uh, that, that God had enough of. Right? He had had enough of it when Rome did it and said, okay, now we've got some, we've got some trumpets announcing war against Rome. And, and, and through history, he's, he's done that. So, so that is our, our, first, our first vial. Any thoughts or comments? We're going to move to the second one. Our second vial is the sea to blood. Where have we seen the picture of a, a sea before? Okay. We, we talked about sea being turned to blood early, early in, in, uh, in Revelation. Or early in these classes, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you, no, you're right. You're right. We talked about the Mediterranean. Uh, we talked about um, uh, the, uh, I believe it was the the Vandals. Remember, they went down into Africa and then attacked Rome. Right. Similar picture. Now we had the, a slightly different picture. Uh, but this is going to definitely draw some, if you're a reader of this and you're getting this, it's going to draw your attention back to that concept, that there's some war. So what do you think in history, if you love history, what might we be talking about in, the, in this progression? Where if we follow after the, or around the same time as, as the French Revolution, where, what might we be talking about? What's going on? Uh, the French and the Spanish armadas got woke up on by the British. Okay, so we're talking about the Napoleonic Wars. Okay, and specifically the naval. Now, Napoleonic Wars are in two parts, uh, and largely because of what you mentioned. The, the, there's the naval battles, which give way to what really is the, the major battles are the, the land wars that Napoleon fought, because navally he was not really that gifted. <laughs> okay? It was over really uh, pretty quick. 
Um, and that is, so, so our, draws our mind to, to that aspect. Uh, and we're going to talk about why the revenge and, and various things like that. But, so let's get into to some of the, the history. Um, about ten years earlier, a general by the name of Cornwallis, does that sound familiar, uh, had surrendered to the United States. Um, this inferior, na- I mean, this great navy, I mean, was defeated. And largely it was due to the French the French assisting us. The French had a great navy. Uh, well, actually, it would be about 20 years earlier. However, uh, the tide turns. Now, the tide only turns because God wanted it to. Right? God doesn't care how strong your army is or your navy is. When he says it's time and he's going to pour out a bowl of, or a vial of wrath, <laughs> your strong navy really doesn't matter to him. And that's what happens here. Uh, the Catholic forces, you mentioned the Spanish. Uh, it was the French, Spanish, Portugal, and Italy were the main allies. Uh, and they were mainly Catholic. They, were, they fought against Europe, but again, it was mainly England. So, so because most of the countries of Europe were, didn't have much of a navy because they're not exactly landlocked, but they're mainly Germany, not going to have a great navy, right? England is a naval power because it's on the Atlantic. So, so most, of your, most of your allies in this part of the, the battle are, are going to be British. Now, as we go, we'll see they're, they're less British. Um, but this is the Battle of Trafalgar, uh, and it's just down off of Spain. It's right where the, the Mediterranean empties out into the Atlantic. Uh, and in this battle in 1805, this is really just one of many, but this is kind of the determining battle. And what happens in this battle is that the British take um, either uh, force the surrender of or, or destroy uh, 22 ships what they're called, ships of the line. Ships of the line were the big, you know, if you've ever watched any kind of a, uh, you enjoyed uh, Pirates of the Caribbean or some of those great, you know, piratey kind of movies, right, with the cannons and the, you know, those great huge ships with all the cannons. That's a ship of the line. They have small, it would be like our battleships, right? Then they have what they call secondary and, and whatever uh, ships on down. Cannons still, but smaller. So 22 ships of the line, their major force, captured or destroyed. The British didn't lose a single ship. Not a single one. To this dominant, they were outnumbered when they went into this, to this battle. It was one country against four. This is the turning point. The French will, will never be a naval power again in the history of the world. And they haven't been since this battle. I'm not saying they didn't have a navy, but they, they've never been the dominant power since. In all of the Napoleonic naval battles, the French and the French allies lost 600 ships of the line. Huge ships, gone. Captured or destroyed. 
and thousands of their secondary ships. God says, time to be done. All the, all, and, and why the vengeance? What is the purpose uh, for the vengeance? Okay. And we, we yeah. So, so we, when we read this, we've seen this a couple of times where it talks about they still didn't repent. They still didn't repent. They still didn't repent. We've seen that a couple of times throughout this, these passages. Um, God even still is offering an opportunity to say, really, you don't want to be against me. It doesn't bode well. But this is an alliance, right? This is a, a alliance of countries. And we, we've seen a couple of times where the, the scriptures talked about this beast and about how the, the adultery, the kings of the earth commit adultery with them. That, that there was this attraction, we talked about that intoxication, the wine of intoxication, the, the power and, and the wealth of all this. Well, the Catholic power was, was the power behind, the, the, they used their resources in Rome in the uh, colonization Right? It was it was Catholic forces that went down and, and committed atrocities in, in Central America. That was all funded by the Catholic Church. Right? The conquistadors and various ones. Those were all crusaders. Those were all various missionary groups that, that murdered people in the name of getting gold. Right? And, and Portugal was in on it. And Spain, right? Pope Borgia. Um, was was the Spanish Pope when Columbus sailed the ocean blue, uh, and all these countries got in on it. And God says, "It's coming back around." You sailed the ocean blue, <laughs> and and I'm going to get revenge on your navies for what you've done to the world, for that intoxicating power and wealth. You're going to pay the price for it. We have the third vial, rivers to blood. Who did we see fighting on the rivers before? Was, uh, wasn't it like the, one of the Huns? Yeah, Attila the Hun. Yeah, we saw that. So we're going to see a picture of the similar. We, we saw how he went across Europe, and he, and, and he, was, he was a genius, um, really, in how he fought. And, and he captured things across cities, uh, important cities. Um, and we're going to look at a similar picture. Well, who is... Who are we looking at? What person are we looking at? Napoleon. Napoleon. I mean, if, if a person around this time is going to draw a parallel to, uh, to Attila's dominance of Europe, it, it would be Napoleon, really. And the last person, I mean, even Hitler had, didn't have that type of dominance. Um, and this is not to call him a good guy because Attila wasn't a good guy. God uses bad people all the time to accomplish what he wants to accomplish, uh, and he's going to do it here. Um, and he'll get his own revenge on Napoleon as well. Right? He does that, you've seen that in the Old Testament, where he, he uses Babylon to punish the, uh, the Jews. 
for their idolatry. Then he turns around and uses Cyrus to punish Babylon. It's like, wait a minute, you just, you, yeah, but I'm punishing you too. Because you hurt my people. <laughs> and he does that. And, and God reserves the right uh, to do as he wishes. He says, please don't question me. So this is a picture. You can even see a lot of rivers, can't you? They flow from the Alps. And uh, it's an interesting thing that happens. Um, verse 8 gives us a clue specifically of what we're looking for. Oh, excuse me. I got the wrong verse here. I'm in the wrong. I wrote the wrong verse. Okay, verse 6, excuse me. He says, uh, he gives the reason for this. He says, they've shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. So we're looking for an area of persecution, somewhere around rivers. So this is different than, than the Huns. Uh, God gives a specific reason why this will be the area where, where we are seeing. This is really, uh, Napoleon conquests various places. Uh, later on, he'll try, he'll try Russia. That will not go so well for him, as anybody who tries to conquer Russia. It uh, tends not to go well for them. Um, but, but this is one of the first places. By the way, he's still a general. He's not even a king yet. He's, he's, he's still under the French um, directory at this point. Uh, he's just a general uh, of the army. He's working his way there. In 1796, he conquests a bunch of cities. I was going to point them out, but there's quite a few. It would be just kind of a mass of dots. Um, and almost every one of them is on a river. Uh, there are a couple notable ones and we'll talk about uh, one absolutely in particular. But um, total casualties, if we include uh, of, just of this conquest, not even the rest of Europe, will total, including civilians, about 200,000 people. And God pours out his bull on people who persecuted or were a part of this persecuting power. And there's a reason why, I think, in this area. Uh, the last battle before Italy falls, and Italy will fall. Uh, this is the area where he takes, the, about the time frame where we talk about where he takes the, the Pope captive, and the, he dies in prison. I'll uh, we'll reference that again here as the, as it really relates to another one of these, um, another one of these bowls of wrath or vials of wrath. But this is a place called Marengo. It's in the district of Piedmont, which is important, as we'll talk about in just a second. Um, and it's it's this area right where France meets Italy. Uh, it's a, a there's a passageway that was easier to get through. Um, 
why, what we've talked about, why the persecution, and not just persecution, but genocide. Uh, This is an event that occurred here, several events, that, that are some of the first actual genocides of, or at least in Europe, in West, I don't know about out in you know in China or wherever or Africa, but but in the West, this is some of the first genocides that take place. Were done under the authority and and specifically commanded by various popes. I'm going to look at two of them. One is the Waldenses, and we are in the same area. This is uh, this is a place. This is called the Merindal Massacre that occurred in 1545. Um, they were a uh, just a, a group that just didn't want to be Catholic. They just wanted to try to read the Bible. Um, I don't know really much of what their doctrines. I know eventually they became uh, more Calvinistic, but they were not at, at the time, at the beginning. So, <clears throat> to avoid persecution, now they, they started in the 1100s. To avoid persecution, they went into the Alps. They went up, followed the rivers up into the Alps to try to get away, and it kept them, you know, out of society. And so, at Marengal, they followed them up and killed about a thousand people among 28 small villages. It wasn't a large group, by the way. The Waldenses were a a splinter group. They kind of came back from it, and and a little bit later, in 1655, if you recognize that name, Piedmont, it's a thing called the Piedmont Easter, um, in which they were annihilated. These people were annihilated. No, Marindal was a location. The Waldenses were a, a religious group. Um, they spread out. I guess there are some that su- survived and, and escaped, <clears throat> but they were they were pretty much wiped out here. Oliver Cromwell, a famous name in history, was one that that gave support them and a lot of surrounding areas, Germany and England, basically accepted them as refugees uh, from Italy uh, and from Austria. That's the first group. And that almost the same time, there's another group in almost the same exact area called uh, the Albigenses. This was a much larger group, and again, it wasn't. Uh, it was just an offshoot, just a, a, we kind of want to be free. Um, <clears throat> being a larger group, they got more attraction. And they were uh, the subject of an actual crusade. We think of the crusades, right? And you think of uh, the the various... Uh, Catholic uh, crusades against the the rise of Islam in the East. But this one was fought against a Christian religion. 
and this one didn't survive. The Albigenses, being a much larger group, they were exterminated to the tune, the lower limits are 200,000 people, the upper limits are estimated at 1 million. The upper limits are because sometimes they just decimated whole cities without asking what religion people belonged to. There's a quote of one of them that said, how do we know the Albigenses from the Catholics? And they said, burn the city to the ground and let God sort it out. That's horrible. Um, And we wonder why God might have a wrath in this area. In this crusade is what uh, gives birth to the Dominican Order of Monks. It was this crusade where they were founded. <clears throat> these are the ones that we referred to and said that they were called um, I think they called the, the Pope's Hounds or something like that um, we'll just move on to the fourth vial the sun is scorched this is kind of interesting one in verse 8, this, the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. So the sun is a what? Star. Okay, it's a star. It's a bright star. A ruler. A ruler. You notice that? The, four, the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him. The sun is a him, it's a he, it's a person. Right? And we've talked about that. Um, to scorch men with fire. So who is... Now there's two recipients. The sun, uh, or this leader, and his subjects. There's going to be two people that receive this we, we talked about how, how Napoleon's going to get it back a little bit. Uh, but he's going to be given power to torment people. And I think that's the picture that we draw to here. That he is the son. Up until this point, we, we talked about uh, the, those Italian conquests were, like in 1796, he's still a general. In 1799 is when he leads the coup and becomes um, the king. <clears throat> But before that, even still as general, in 1797, he loots the Vatican, takes the Pope uh, captive, still as, as a general. It's after this that he's going to become the, the, uh, the ruler of France and uh, claim that for himself. So in 1799, he leads a coup against the Directory. He becomes the dictator. And he will conduct his land wars for 16 more years. Um, until the famous Waterloo. Right? In total, um, 
lives taken, his allies, all the soldiers, civilians, all together will be roughly 7 million people in Europe. Now, does that sound like a scorching? It concludes with Waterloo, which claimed the lives just of soldiers, both sides, 65,000 people in one battle, a few days. That is more lives. That's, that's not injuries. That's deaths. That's more lives than Americans lost in 10 years of Vietnam. One battle. That's a scorching. And, and he was on the losing side of that one. He loses that, he goes into exile and dies shortly later. But there's a, a passage here, and I'm going to con conclude with this. It says that men did not repent and give him glory. All of this was done so that men would repent and give God glory. We talked about those crusades and various atrocities committed. Uh, there's an encyclopedia called the New Advent. It's an online encyclopedia so far as I know. It's a Catholic encyclopedia. If you go online and read it, and read about this genocide, it essentially says, I'm just paraphrasing, they had it coming. They still don't acknowledge. Well, yeah, sometimes they were heavy-handed in, in capital punishment, like, like, as though it was a capital punishment. No reference to the fact that children were the victims of things I can't even say in front of their parents before their parents were murdered. Hundreds of thousands. That's not capital punishment. That's atrocity. And there's still not word one that admits that to this day. And thousands of years before either of these entities exist, God tells John they're not going to repent of it. They're going to do it, and they're not going to repent of it. And you wonder why I'm going to pour out wrath on them, because I know they're not going to. That is powerful. This, this is what this is about. It's not just for God to show off and, and say, I know what's coming. Right? Prophecy's never been merely about that. That's a part of it. To, for people to go, God really knows what he's talking about. There really is a God who understands the future, who dictates events and, 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 and will have the final say over events. But the point is that we'll recognize the God who is the power behind all of this and say, we need to repent. I, I, I'm not... You know, I've never committed atrocities that I know of. You know. 
But that doesn't mean that, that God's entirely happy with everything I've ever done either. I, I don't want to be the victim of, of that type of wrath. We, we paint God as fluffy God. God is not fluffy God. He pours out wrath. when people are opposed to Him. There's two sides to God. There's a God who's merciful. And people talk about, oh, in the Old Testament, God was the God of, of justice and anger. This is the New Testament. Who's got, who's mixing it up getting ready to pour it out on, on people who are opposed to him. And, and as, you, as you pointed out, Jack, he, he gives us these opportunities. Come out of them. Repent. Don't, don't be connected uh, with these people. We tell our kids that, don't we? Listen, if, if you're hanging out with the wrong kind of kids, you're going to get caught up in the mess that they got caught up in. Right? You've seen that? You've seen innocent kids? Right? Well, you were... Law enforcement, you've seen a lot of kids get caught up with people, they were good kids, and they got caught up with the wrong crowd, and then they're in jail. Simply because they were along for the ride. That's this warning. Don't don't have connection with them, because you get caught up in that ride, and you're going, and you're going to suffer the wrath. I, I don't, I don't, he, God doesn't pinpoint it all the time. There's collateral damage. There is. There's collateral damage. So we've talked about there are innocent people that suffered and died in this. And God poured it out. Don't have any connection with it, and you'll be all right. We're going to conclude with that.